the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in our ever-expanding radio land. Welcome to CT with BB. Connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, that's me. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. I'm a psychiatrist. I am building on the work of psychiatrist Carl Jung, who brought to us the term synchronicity and developed a strong theoretical background for his ideas. I am building on Jung's theoretical work, trying to make coincidences synchronicity more practical. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my coincidence brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. Be sure to visit my YouTube channel too. You might even find Dr. Coincidence there. To find any and all of them, please put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine. Now, people vary in their coincidence sensitivities. Would you like to know how sensitive you are? Take the Weird Coincidence survey on my website. You'll find out. Coincidences can help with the practical, emotional, and spiritual in your life. They let us know we have abilities like telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, and human GPS. Human GPS is our ability to get to places we need to go without consciously intending to go there. But we get there, and we need to be there, and we know it after we've been there. Coincidences point us towards other intelligences that may be influencing our lives, and sometimes they trick us. So it's a good idea to talk over coincidences with some of your friends or others who know something about the ideas. Synchronicities offer a path towards spiritual development. Unlike meditation, which is primarily self-involved, synchronicities show us how connected each of us is to our surroundings. Our minds function in our mental atmosphere, the psychosphere. Just as we breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide, we also inspire energy information and send out energy information. The scaffolding of the psychosphere is being strengthened by the rapid development of the Internet. This scaffolding provides support for our psi abilities. Our guest today is Cynthia Cavelli. Uh, and I am asking Dr. Cavelli to comment on a coincidence of mine, one involving my attempts to get some of my stories in my book, Connecting with Coincidences, into songs. 
I wanted to have songs because it'd be a different way of uh, approaching these the stories themselves. So I, I'd, I'd found someone uh, to convert some of the stories from my book into songs to make melodies and lyrics with them. And that guy was a, an Italian vo voice expert n named Francisco, Francesco Ronchetti. But we needed a sound engineer to convert the five acoustic guitar plus voice songs into radio-ready tunes. Radio-ready. Mark Graham looked like our man. He had a great sound studio, looked like a good guy, and we could work with him. So there I was in Charlottesville, Virginia, looking for somebody to do my songs. And uh, I had come from Columbia, Missouri, where I'd been chairman of psychiatry and now had been in Charlottesville about eight years. So Mark told me about his medical problems. A lot of people do that, tell doctors their medical problems. So he started with telling me his. Ever since he was a child, he had episodes of uncontrolled vomiting. Sometimes these episodes lasted for hours or days. His parents took him to the Mayo Clinic and several other places, but no one knew what to do except put him to sleep for two or three days in the hospital and let it pass. There's some kind of long standing seizure once it got going and the only way to take care of it was put him out. Mark would show up in the emergency room dehydrated in deep distress asking for narcotics. The ER people thought he was a narcotics abuser in withdrawal. Narcotics really helped him. They sedated him, relieved his anxiety and slowed down the pain of the vomiting. But they usually discharge him with nothing. So here's a guy who could really be treated well and they give him nothing. Eventually, he ran across a paper describing what he had as cyclical vomiting syndrome. I asked him if the name of the author of this paper was David Fleischer. He had thought so. And this was the coincidence. I had worked with David Fleischer on cyclical vomiting syndrome at the University of Missouri. That blew me out because here we were so many, so at such a distance from each other and many years previous, because I'd been about 20 years ago that I worked with David Fleischer. Running into a guy who's going to do uh, sound engineer our songs, and uh, as we, as we come to the uh, end of this segment, uh, I'm going to be asking Dr. Cavelli in our next segment to give me some of her ideas about what this means, and particularly it was a question I had for myself about it was should I become his psychiatrist because I'd met him in a professional way, his professional way, but I could give him uh, alprazolam, Xanax, uh, that he could take as needed right before he started vomiting, and that probably would have helped him a lot. So should I use this opportunity, use this as an opportunity to help somebody in distress? We will be back after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. That's me. And our guest today is Dr. Cynthia Cavalli, who is a transformational coach who teaches people how to dialogue with dreams, synchronicities, and symbols in order to find and align with their inner calling. Dr. Cavalli was born in India and educated in the United States. She has an eclectic background of education and experience that includes a PhD in human systems and organizational development, an MBA, a BS in physics, and three decades in aerospace as a system engineer and project manager. What a spectrum of experiences. Dr. Cavalli's doctoral research explored the experience of meaning in life-changing synchronicities from the twin perspectives of Jungian psychology and that complex thing called complexity. Great to have a systems engineer studying synchronicities, Cynthia. The field needs more rigor, and Cynthia, you are bringing it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Brightman. You're welcome. Glad to have you here. Now, what do you think? What, what, let's go through how you would approach, give our audience a sense for how you would approach my uh, coincidence or my synchronicity. Well, so first of all, it would matter, uh, it would make a difference whether you were coming to see me as a client or uh, Mark was coming to see me as a client. If it was you and you were coming primarily with this story, that would be extremely relevant. You know, that would be extremely meaningful. That's the um, way That's the way I'm asking you to think about it, please. Okay, okay, all right. Um, so you asked the question, you were wondering if you should maybe offer a uh, help to mark as a as a patient you know yes. to see him as, as someone needing help and i would i would say I, I, that's how i would read it right off the bat that would be intuitively how it would feel to me because what are the odds that he uh suffers from this condition has not really been treated so far and then just through completely other circumstances finds his way to you um i would be highly inclined to read it, read the situation that way. Um, and beyond offering him the medicine that could help him, um, you could also offer him a perspective and yeah. maybe even then start, begin to work with the physical malady in symbolic way. Um, looking at it as if it were a dream, looking at the elements of it, the vomiting, the cyclical vomiting, what are, might be the triggers from more of a psychological perspective, what is going on in the psyche of this individual, what might psyche be trying to convey 
through images, through the images of the disease that he realizes in his body physically. Um, that would be, I think, a really, really uh, fruitful way, fruitful line of inquiry to work with him. I get a little nervous about um, taking his patients, people who I've met uh, outside of the usual referral network. Uh, I had, I've had two of those happen. Uh, the second one was kind of, I think I was helpful to the person for a short period of time. It was a coincidence that brought us together. Uh, and the first one was a person I saw for several years who ended up committing suicide. And so, so that may, and I don't think, I don't think it was meeting her the way I met her. It was outside, I met her somehow. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Outside of the usual way of referral, uh, and I don't even remember now. So that's where I get a little nervous about it. Um, is there anything else in the story that would make you think that uh, I would be a, that, that I should take this up uh, as offer him uh, my services as a psychiatrist? Well, the fact that you have expertise in the area of his need is very compelling to me. Yes, yes, um, yes. And he found you completely as if it was the universe that guided him, if you want to use that kind of language. You know, um, something brought you two together and it may have been uh, some form of fate. And that's not a trivial matter. So um, and I totally understand the, the concern you have that that's a tragic uh, thing to happen have a patient who comes to you this way and then eventually commit suicide that would be very hard to dismiss and you know you have to take that seriously but every patient's different and every situation is different so let's let's uh, let's say i am the client here and not mark as much and i see i see it from mark's perspective and that's the way we're talking about the universe in some form or another you could say brought me to him because he didn't come to me, I sought him out, uh, looking for a sound engineer. So I would ask you to comment on it in the context of what I was looking for from him, which was to con help convert guitar and uh, melody into a full-fledged radio-ready song. Well, uh, first of all, that's fascinating. I love that that you were looking outside of the conventional talk format or even book format, but you were looking to use music as a medium for conveying the messages behind, uh, the potential messages behind synchronicity. I love expanding, you know, and using the full spectrum available to us in terms of communication. And so I, I like that idea already. And I'm really curious what, where that idea came from, you know, what sparked that in your imagination? Because uh, maybe you could say a little bit about that. Um, I, um, I, I may, I, I've, I've made up uh, primitive songs in the past. I've always wanted to be a rock and roll star. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I like singing in the woods. Um, I know music better than I realized. I love to dance. Um, uh, and I dance twice a week, usually, or at least once. Um, uh, so uh, music is in me more than I really had thought. Uh, but the idea came um, uh, on the clouds of uh, a... Uh, an inhale of, 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 of inhaling some uh, marijuana. It was a marijuana image that uh, helped put this into an into a possibility for me. It became a very clear uh, idea to do, and one that I felt compelled to do. And uh, found that somebody I thought was going to be able to sing uh, to do it. So it, it, those are the variables that came together for me. Uh, I like the idea of doing different medium. Uh, and I like the idea of having a bunch of different people singing the song. Uh, I've had this image of, um, of a rock and roll band with uh, four women singers and each one having solos as well as singing together. Wow, that's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, so I, I don't know that I can solve it in, in the short time that we have, but these, this is the kind of, these are the kinds of questions that I would ask and then through our dialogue i mean one thing that i do is have people you can do active imaginations you can yeah, yeah. um you it's can the, go forward make a decision and then see what dreams come out of that you know why don't you describe active imagination because that's a Jungian uh, term um and it's a it's it's a really cool thing okay so active imagination is a is a kind of an inner dialogue that you can undertake with characters that appear in your dreams or even fantasies and uh, so say you have a dream about someone coming a stranger coming to your house and offering a very cryptic message that you don't understand if the dream has significant emotional punch for you that you can't get it out of your head you you're really curious what the stranger's message was for example and you you just can't think of any way to find out what the message is there are a couple things you can do when you go back to sleep you can, as you're falling asleep, you can ask for uh, more information about that dream and what the message was. You can also separately find yourself in a quiet place and uh, where you're protected and kind of a safe place and open a dialogue with that dream character. So you get into kind of a meditational state of mind of quiet, present attention. And you speak to the uh you speak to the dream character as if, you know, it was a person that had come to your house and you can ask them questions and you allow your imagination to uh, unfold and relax and then play with that dialogue a little bit. And at first people feel like they're making it up and it's okay because it might be that you are making it up at first, but it doesn't matter because there are parts to us that we don't have control over that will begin to respond. And you'll be surprised at how the dialogue takes off and sometimes with very interesting results. Sometimes that's a way to get information and Good. insight. Good. And, I, and you reminded me that I started over the last week or so starting to have visions, probably after I wake up or in this in-between state, um, of, of what seem to be um, entities or faces, uh, beings that uh, don't seem to be products of my own mind. Mm. And, and, and I think that I'm going to start having dialogues. It's kind of getting having to get used to that, that this thing doesn't seem like it's exactly mine. It's still partly mine, but it's still something else. 
getting this experience of something different that I think I'll take your advice about and, and get at some dialogues with. Wonderful. The, uh, what aspect of what aspects of synchronicity do you find most fascinating? And what's the most radical implication of synchronicity for you? So when I was first, I mean, I'd known about it for quite some time, but when I was first digging into it and thinking about uh, doing my research on this subject, I was really struck by this idea of meaning as a connecting principle. Um, that that's radical coming from a scientific perspective because uh, meaning is always associated with human beings, strictly speaking. And um, any, any hint that there might be something objective in nature that is meaningful is kind of blasphemous, right? So that idea really struck me. It also struck a, a hopeful note. I was like, that, that seems too good to be true. It's like wishful thinking. And yet the more I studied people's experiences of synchronicity and how it weaves its way through people's lives and from my own experience, too, I could see how meaningful events do seem to converge regularly for individuals. And ultimately, I came to uh, believe that that is a function of fate, that there is something such as fate for each individual and Jung called it uh, he referred to it as final causes um, it's and, and we know that this is true even in in scientific terms we know that you know when you have a, a acorn that ultimately that acorn is intended to become an oak tree when you have a baby it's ultimately intended to become an adult version of whatever that is in it that doesn't guarantee that that's going to happen but but that's the hope. That's the whole idea in a baby. It's not going to stay a baby. So there, there is an idea of fate, even in the scientific paradigm. Um, and what I found with the stories that I collected from all the participants is just how much that fate played a part and how intelligent and dynamic that fate was. It's not a cold concept or just a, a, a construct by any means. It's as if it is a, a god or a goddess and that you could even um, dialogue with your fate and come to a meaningful relationship with it in your uh, life. I can't argue with final causes or first causes. I, I am looking at the interim uh, relationships, just like a systems engineer might look at the outcomes, but I want to look at uh, what the variables are that get you there. And the the idea of uh, of of some of something guiding an intelligence guiding is what I want to be able to have us talk about because I think there are smaller intelligences running around in what I call the psychosphere that we can have dialogues with, and I'll be looking forward to seeing what you think about this in our next segment, and we will be back after a short break. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is Dr. Cynthia Cavalli, and we are really getting into it. We're getting into fate and meaning and synchronicity. And toward the end of our last segment, uh, Cynthia gave me the idea that maybe uh, we can talk to fate, which isn't usually the way people think about fate. Fate is like locked in, determined. And I saw some looseness around the edges on what you were saying. Right. Well, I think that, you know, it became, at least it struck me as uh, something that could be done, that you could dialogue with your fate, that fate could be a guide, that maybe fate uh, isn't as predetermined as we're led to, to, led to believe. Um, and so that's one thing that I use, that's one way that I use synchronicity. So when people come to me, they, they bring, you know, usually they bring more than one synchronicity. They have quite a few that they remember. And when they tell that story, you begin to see a pattern of how maybe their life was shaped, how they were moved in a certain direction. And from that initial starting point, um, you can ask them, you know, I, what I like to do is fantasize around those events, you know, dialogue around them just between the two of us, how we what does that mean to you? How did it make you feel? How would it, how would you like your life to go? You know, did they follow the urging or, you know, did they uh, move in a different direction? And maybe now fate is pulling them gently back to a certain direction that they had left. Um, so there are all kinds of ways to use, you, you asked about it in the interim, besides the beginning and the final cause, what's going on in the, in the middle. And, you know, the thing about it is it's not, um, an efficient process, right? In our usual way of thinking of efficiency. It's not, it's not necessarily fast. It's not necessarily immediate. You put it, you hold it in your mind and you hold it in a, in a kind of a corner of your mind, in the back of your mind, so to speak. And you hold it there. And as you're holding it there, things are revealed to you. And, you know, you could miss them. If you're in your directed mind where you're in your day-to-day -day life and you're living your life fast and things things have to be fast and efficient, you could miss it. So having a meditational practice or space where you're quiet and reflective is really, really important. And once you start doing that and giving yourself space around when you're waking and sleeping, when you're falling asleep and waking, if you're in on a tight schedule and you wake up to an alarm clock, you could miss that moment of attention where you're actually present to realities that are larger than than what we normally deal with in our waking lives. Um, is is this helping? Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a that's 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 what you're what you're saying is um, is so practical. Um, the that we can find little windows during the day. And in in a couple of different places that allow us to tune in to uh, what's not our rational, uh, straightforward mind, uh, but open up to 
I, I use the word psychosphere. A lot of people use it, and a lot of people use different names for it. I just use it because I want to keep it to the Earth's atmosphere rather than yeah. talk about universe, which yeah, is a little, yeah. a little large for me. I, I think it may be a hologram of the universe, but I don't know that. It's just a simpler place to be able to think about. Uh, so being able to open up to the psychosphere um, and small windows, and I would say that that the, I, I could add a simple way of describing what you just said, that it, during transitions, honor the transition. Honor the transition. Because in that transition, if you stop, like even just coming home from work and coming into the house, that's yeah. a place to be able to uh, honor the transition. Be, before eating, that's a place to honor the transition. Uh, that at waking up, uh, going to sleep, honor the transition. Those, those, you're giving us clues that you don't have to go into deep meditative states only. You can take a glimpse, and you'll get something sometimes in those in those in interim states. Yeah, yeah, I really like that idea of transitions because that's exactly what we're talking about. And I think maybe in um, earlier times, maybe much much earlier times we did have rituals for that kind those kinds of transitions for waking and greeting the sun, for example, or uh, being present when the sun goes down and recognizing that the day is closing, um, saying grace before meals, uh, you know, any number of things that people used to do regularly, uh, we've lost um, in our ultra efficient world where we move from thing to thing i mean even as simple as when you wake up and you realize you had a dream but the phone rings or you realize you have a deadline or the alarm goes off and suddenly the whole that whole life is gone that whole other aspect of our being is completely washed away uh, so it's really important to honor those transitions i i completely agree what what i found is that there are different states of attention and there are different things you can know that it's possible to know in different states of attention and the waking and falling asleep and the daydreaming state are rich with potential insights and I think they're also peopled with other beings <laughs> that are different than the kind that you might meet in waking um, reality where you're driven and you're you're goal oriented what are these other people by by what other other beings what do you mean well you could call them beings i i seem to do well when i uh, personify uh whatever i whatever i encounter yeah it's a good idea yeah so um it's it's easier for me to envision it so i i'm just talking about you know things like fate things like uh the meaning that i found in synchronicity i began to realize that there are there can be in doing this work, I had to do some really, really deep reflection, and it had to, I had to do it in the middle of the night because then the whole world was very still, and I could be very still also. And, and then I began to experience meaning as if it was a live thing, a person. And maybe that's, you know, the original idea behind archetypes. Uh, you can look at the gods and goddesses as archetypes, as personifications of the archetypes, and kind of see what how they how they might move through our lives and um, influence our actions in some way um, this this I, this meaning as a person um, now one of the one of the 
problems I've had with the Jungian version of archetypes is that processes are not generally included. Um, it's mostly like like kings and queens or mothers or fathers, and it's more nouns than verbs is what a simple way of saying it. Uh, and, and here, meaning is both a noun and a verb. Um, and meaning is as a, as a, as a living, um, as to you, a living entity. Could, I, I want to I get a better sense and have our listeners have a better sense of this personified meaning, this archetype of meaning that you encounter uh, under certain circumstances. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I think of the archetypes also as dynamic and um, active uh, rather than, you know, just merely nouns that represent some concept. And um, anyone under the spell of an archetype, you know, when you when it takes takes you over and you're kind of possessed by it, you become the action verb of it. Right. Um, so this idea of meaning as a as a as a goddess that that really wasn't in my head at all i just i was just struck by how dynamic and intelligent a process that kind of meaning is and it it is a it is both a process and a uh, a noun you could say um because because the way i could see it moving moving through people's lives jung had said that jung was um realizing from his research that meaning appeared to be a connecting principle, every bit as much as uh, cause and effect. So these were the two ways that he saw that reality was organized. Reality is organized by by both cause and effect and by this this meaning that was outside of human meaning making. We can look at something that happens and say, yeah, I can I can see the meaning of this, or I can create meaning out of this event. But it appeared to him from all his experiences and patients coming to him and telling him their stories that meaning is also something that acts outside of them, beyond them, and connects events in a meaningful way that have nothing to do with cause and effect. So as I was studying that I and looking at the participants who came forward for my research, it, you could see the hand of meaning moving through not just not just randomly, but very meaningfully, very deliberately, as if to, you could say deliberately. And and when could, I was very could could sorry. you give us an example of that? I mean, the, I have the uh, the diagram now of meaning guiding or moving through a person's life um, and leading to major life changing events, which is uh, what you have studied. What, could you give us? A, I know it's hard to talk about. Uh, there's a lot in one person's life, but <laughs> could you give us a sense of what you mean by meaning running through a person's life? Sure. Um, so I'm trying to think which one should I give an example of. But I I had one of my participants, um, whom I called Ronnie, and she had uh, she had a baby boy who who was stillborn, and it was a devastating experience. And then the next baby that she, she became pregnant a year later. And, um, and as soon with that pregnancy, there were all these signs that came, um, about what the baby should be named. And, uh, that, that's one way, uh, to look at, I mean, one, that's one way I can illustrate this. So the baby's name came to her as Shiv and, um, she, the, the God Shivananda, um, and the, the uh, 
the way the baby's names are chosen, you, you wait until the baby is born. And then you look astrologically at the birth date and then you pick the name. But she, you know, in her uh, grief over her previous baby's loss and, um, and I don't know, maybe dreams and imagination, she felt very strongly long before the baby was born, that the baby should be named Shiv. And so she said, you know, to her husband, I, I'd really like to name the baby Shiv. And he said, sure, that's fine. We can do that. And then everything seemed to all her dreams, all the encounters that she had very quickly, this pregnancy also took a dark turn and she was in the hospital for a long time. And it looked like they were going to lose this baby too, but random people would show up. I mean, she was in, I think, Boston, somewhere in Massachusetts and people with the name Shiv would show up out of the blue, not necessarily Indian people. She would be in a parking lot and there would be license plates on a car with the name Shiv on it. It just, you know, kind of affirming uh, that she was on the right track with Shiv, supporting Shiv. And after the baby was born very prematurely and it was a devastating experience, they weren't sure if the baby was going to make it. And in the, in the elevator on her way back to her room, she was not with her baby, a young, strapping, tall doctor walked in and she looked at his nameplate and it was Shiv. <laughs> and it just gave her a sense of that's one day how her son could be. Um, I'm hoping, I hope this is a good example. She went to the temple at, and her baby was still in the ICU and there were Shivs. I mean, no, that's, that's more of an Indian uh, context. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, we're, just, we're, we're coming to the end of this and I'm just... I'm delighted that you bring up the name Shiv because a, a, a very good friend of mine, a new friend of mine, has uh, recently changed her name to to Shiva. <laughs> Wonderful. Shiva, yes. So we'll be back after a short break. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. And we have a great guest on our show, Cynthia Cavalli. And we is talking about meaning. And we is talking heavy about meaning. Now, meaning, the meaning of meaning is a book that came out in the early 1920s. It's still being, still being published. And it was uh, the title that drew me mostly to it because it, there's so many different meanings of meaning. In, uh, in looking at coincidences, there are two primary um, levels of meaning. One is explanation. What is it? How do I explain it? What's the meaning of this? And the other is what's the meaning to me? Uh, so it's a personal meaning and an explanation meaning that tend to be the two primary. But there are several others. We are here talking about um, a, a coincidence, a synchronicity that involved uh, a series of um, the name involving the name Shiv or Shiva, as I have come to call it the name. And that's seriality in uh, Kammerer's terminology or a super synchronicity in the terminology of, uh, of Gary Schwartz, who has written a book called Super Synchronicity. And it, it includes um, stories like yours, where there are lots of repetitions of the same thing. Now, Gary uses the, these super synchronicities as evidence that there's some other intelligence guiding us. And I think that's what you're saying also. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I haven't, I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't read Gary's book. Um, I had heard about it, but I haven't read it yet. Um, so I'd be curious to see how, he, you know, how he describes who is guiding it. Um, but in, uh, in my work, I, my own work, I became really convinced that there was something like fate, that there was something like uh, destiny, um, I distinguish those the way I, I like the way James Hollis did. I'm not sure that he originated this distinction, but fate is something that maybe you, things like um, skin color or eye color that you're born with um, and destiny is, is where you're. So uh, that was a clarification that was helpful to me and that I use in my work. But I think you can still, you can dialogue with both destiny and fate with the, you're really dialoguing with the psyche, and that was that you know as a scientist I was really interested in in this intersection between what the inner world of my experience and the outer world of my observation. Where do those connect? Um, if you study science alone, you really aren't going to get that answer because of the inherent limitations of the scientific methodology. But when you start to realize, okay, now we need some uh, some approaches that are uh, that are scientific in in their rigor, then you, to ex to explore inner life, um, you have to release some of that uh, those objective measurable holds a little bit, and then find other ways of looking at it. And phenomenology is one really wonderful way. There are a lot of qualitative research methods that you can use alone or in conjunction with scientific methods to come to some of these. And you have to use your imagination. You have to use your feelings. Feelings play such a big role in, in how you work with synchronicity. If you are using it purely uh, in a thinking way, you're going to miss the point because it involves your whole being and how it feels to you is a big, big uh, indicator of where the passion is and where the meaning lies. 
Very good. Very good. Um, and you're, you remind me of a patient of mine uh, who's about 23, and he, he wants to keep his biological training and his um, painting, his artistic capacity separate. <laughs> and and I, I, hey, hey, you're not you're not being true to yourself. At least I mean you can put them together. But he he wanted to keep them separate, and I think it was causing him a lot of distress because because <laughs> yeah. he needs to welcome both of them into his psyche. And I think I made a little bit of inroads in getting him to do that. And you're you're trying to say that to um, to scientists also is to be able to recognize how much feeling and i'll call i'll call what you're talking about in great part intuition if there's yeah. a feeling but learning to be able to to f have a sense for our what our intuition is telling us through feeling and other in other ways um is a real thing to accomplish for people and scientists good scientists probably do that more than um, the guys who are just doing repetition of uh, somebody else's study yeah yeah um it, it, once you start working with this with meaning in this way, once you start to realize that it might be, all you have to do is say maybe, maybe, maybe it's like this. Let me my mind as a possibility and see what happens. Life really opens up. The world opens up to you, and you begin to see things in a different way. But you have to allow the possibility. You have to open the door. If you keep it closed and say, "Well, prove it to me," you're not going to get anywhere that way. Um, if you say to someone, prove to me you're so-and-so, you've already shut the door in their face. So you're going to get a very different experience than if you say, okay, I'm, a, I'm, I'm listening, I'm watching, show me who you are. You're going to uh, get a very different thing. My favorite one of those is prove to me that you love me. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> you're, you've already lost. <laughs> <laughs> you've already lost. Yeah. How has the study of synchronicity changed your life and your perspective on life? Well, you know, I I was raised religiously and I believed, you know, I was taught to believe in God. Of course, as I began studying science and um, I, then the way that I believed changed considerably and then it led to a lot of conundrums, right? I didn't understand how, how you could have a God and then have all these other things. But... Yeah. Yeah. Through this study of synchronicity, through what what the study of synchronicity revealed about the way the world works, and actually the way the study of complexity science too, uh, revealed how nature is so much deeper and so much more intelligent, and we're part of nature. And what role do we play? Um, it really brought out the whole idea of consciousness and how consciousness plays in the world and what's going on there. Um, it changed my life. I mean, looking at these stories of synchronicity that pe people brought forward, the way that fate played in their lives in remarkable ways um, was exciting. And I thought it's too good to be true. Can it really be that we really can't screw up our lives? That really there's, there's, there's a way to move through all of this in a, in a, in a, with purpose and brings the whole thing together and we're having fun at the same time or even if we're having tragedies we still we still know who we are we still know where we're going is that really possible it seemed like better than fairy tales right um but that's yeah I, the, yeah the, having fun <laughs> uh, that's that's been uh, a major uh, it, a thing for me to try to be able to do is that why not 
Why not have fun? Um, and the kind of fun that I enjoy a lot, if not the most, is learning. And that's learning, uh, learning about how things work and how I fit in with it and how I might work with what's around me. And constant discovery, sometimes painful. Sometimes uh, I don't want this to be this way, um, but this is this way, and I embrace it and keep learning. Exactly. That's exactly. And, you know, I'm no master at this. I still worry about my life and go, oh, woe is me. Where's where's this going? What's going to happen to me? I still worry just like everybody else. But when I remember and look at the stories, I think, no, it's going somewhere and it's going somewhere. Um, it might not be great for the physical me that's living in this world in the terms of the way I used to think about good and bad, but it's always going somewhere meaningful. It's always going somewhere that can deepen my experience of life and deepen my understanding of consciousness, my level of consciousness, if Have I you, let it be. If you let it be. Have you run across coincidences, because yeah. I have, coincidences or synchronicities that are trickster-like, that they can give you the wrong idea about what to do? Oh, sure. So there's always a danger that we misinterpret it, and or that we even misinterpret our dreams. And fortunately, you'll always, it, it's a dialogue, not a one-time, you know, oracle question where you go and ask a question. Um, your dreams will come back and show you that maybe you were on the, uh, you, you got it wrong. You know, they'll give you more information. Um, or a life event will happen where, so I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I, I tend to focus on the ones that are affirming, right? But people all the time will have relationship synchronicities where they're drawn to a particular person and life kind of puts them together, puts them together uh, through odd coincidences. And people think, oh, this must be my soulmate. And that could be very wrong. It might not be your soulmate. It might be someone that you need to work something through with before you move on to your soulmate. But if you get stuck in thinking, oh, the universe brought us together. We're meant to be together as romantic partners forever. I mean, the universe can bring or the psychosphere could bring you together, bring people or events together for many, many reasons. Only one of which might be that it's your soulmate. I, so, I, I, I blogged for Psychology Today, and I blogged on just this, um, on this subject, and it was uh, the second most popular uh, blog post I've done. It got about 50,000 hits. Because <laughs> it, it's an important question about, uh, does, is, is this meant to be? One of the songs, right. one of the songs that, uh, in, a, in, our seven, in our album is like uh, uh, all those coincidences. And it's a story about a woman who sees all these coincidences and thinks it's meant to be. It's 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 a classic what you just described, and and I don't think I, I'm trying to get that better known. Uh, we know it, but it's it's out there. It's a thing. You got to be careful about it, misinterpreting. Right, right. Fortunately, life will correct you if you got it wrong, and you're open because you know we're we're quick to say, "Wow, I found the one," you know, and this is the one. Yeah, for yeah, all yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it may not be. <laughs> Yeah. It may, is, is it meant to be? Yes. And we're meant to be uh, ending in a, in a few seconds. So okay. uh, we're coming to the end of a lovely, clarifying conversation, Dr. Valley, Cynthia. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome.